We celebrate Christmas every year, but have you ever wondered why? Why Mary? Why Joseph? Why a newborn king? In the film called Why the Nativity, Dr. David Jeremiah gives you a front row seat as you travel back in time to experience the sights and sounds of this pivotal moment, the birth of Jesus. Make this your new Christmas tradition. Why the Nativity is available to stream for free at whythenativity.org. Watch it today for free at whythenativity.org. It's a question that has perplexed theologians for centuries, and one you've probably pondered as well. How could Jesus be both fully God and fully man? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah offers an answer based on two of the many names and titles ascribed to Christ in the Bible. Listen as David introduces today's thought-provoking message, Is He the Son of Mary or the Son of God? Good question, isn't it? He's absolutely both. But what does that mean? We'll talk about it here on today's edition of Turning Point as we continue our journey learning about the Jesus you may not know. This series is based on a book that I wrote that is now available from Turning Point at davidjeremiah.org. And there's a study guide that goes with it and a CD package as well. It's the full resource package that we want to always have available to our listeners and viewers so that you can study it, you can interact with it, you can listen to it, you can meditate upon it, you can share it with others, and you can put this information in your heart going forward. What a wonderful opportunity that we make available to add value to your spiritual life. Go to davidjeremiah.org. That's the website. And you will find all this material. And during the month of December, we have a special resource for all of you who will send a gift to Turning Point. And here is the resource. It's a beautiful leather-covered devotional that we prepare each year. It's one of our most uh, loved projects, full of four-color photography. The cover itself is a white leather with a blue um, bottom to the book, the the. The words on the book are inscribed in gold embossed, and uh, you will have a reading for every day of the new year. In fact, we've included one extra because it's leap year, and we want you to have this book as a way of saying thank you for your investment in Turning Point. Friends, it's December. This is a time when you could do something special for Turning Point. I hope you will do it. But whatever the size of your gift, when you send your gift, simply say, please send me the new devotional, and it'll be on its way. We love having these in your hands. You will love this. You will want to keep it where you can get to it every day. And we hope you'll make it a part of your experience of 2024. Here is part one of Is He the Son of Mary or Is Jesus the Son of God? Seems like I've always known about Jesus. As you know, my dad was a pastor, went to study school since I was a child. I learned that Jesus loves me way back then, and it was like the one song everybody knew. Heard all the wonderful stories about Jesus who he was, and when I was 13 years old, my father led me to Jesus Christ. I remember where I was and remember that we prayed, and it was after a number of preemptive strikes in my faith. As many of you have experienced, sometimes when you're little, you do what you think your parents want you to do, but it's not meaningful in your own life, and that was true for me. 
But that day I knew what it meant to become a Christian. Later on, as I grew in Christ, I decided that I wanted to devote my life to him in a way that I had never thought of before. God called me to be a pastor. Don and I began our walk with the Lord as pastors, and we went to a place called Fort Wayne, Indiana, and there were seven couples. We started the Black Hawk Baptist Church. So all these years, I've been preaching Christ and, and trying to know him better and loving him. And every time I come to church, I have this tremendous burden on my heart that it's not about me and it's not about us, it's about him. And when we lift him up, the Bible says he draws all people to himself. So I have known Jesus, as many of you have, for a long time, but none of us know Jesus as we should, for he's the mystery of the ages. So multifaceted is he that the Bible overflows with names and titles and designations to describe him. Here are just a few of them. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the angel of the Lord, and he's the anointed one. He's the beloved of God. He's the bright and morning star, and he's the bread of life. He's the carpenter of Nazareth, and he's the Christ of glory. He's the everlasting Lord. He's the first and the last, the faithful and true, and he's a friend of sinners. He's the great shepherd. He's the Holy One, the High Priest. He's Emmanuel, the intercessor. He's the judge of all the earth. He's the lily of the valley. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lion of Judah, and he's the Lord of Lords. He's the Man of Sorrow and the Morning Star and the Manna from Heaven. He's the Nazarene. He's the overcomer, and he's the Prince of Peace. He's the Redeemer, the Rabbi, and the Rock. He's the Son of God, the Son of Mary, the Son of Man, and he's the Savior of the world. He's the Teacher come from God. He's the Virgin-born Son of God. He's the Water of Life, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, and he's the Word of God, and he's Yahweh, Jehovah saves. He's Jesus, the Jesus we know, the Jesus we love, and the Jesus we hope to get to know a lot better. It's an amazing thing to think about him. He's the center of history. Most people forget that. Every weekday around the world, he is had to be accounted for because we date his presence on this earth with B.C. before Christ and A.D. and Domini, which means in the year of our Lord. Just think about it. Every day, we date our events from Jesus coming here to this earth. Most of us have at one time or another heard the famous One Solitary Life. I remember Don and I hearing that in the 
Radio City Music Hall Theater in New York City when a secular group recited the One Solitary Life while they portrayed what it meant for Jesus to be here. It was almost an amazing thing that that could happen in such a place. James Allen Francis wrote that, and part of it goes like this. Twenty wide centuries have come and gone, and today he is the centerpiece of the human race and the leader of the column of progress. I am within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched and all the navies that were ever built and all the parliaments that have ever sat and all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on this earth as has that one solitary life, Jesus Christ. Is more than just a familiar word. Because Jesus lived in history, there's no doubt about that. We know he lived in history. There's no reliable secular historian that denies it. And because his life is recorded for us in the Bible, we can learn much about him. Because he rose from the grave and is alive now, and we can have a personal relationship with him, that we know Jesus, and he knows us, and we interact with him, and we pray to him, and we have fellowship with him. And during this series of messages, I want us all to become closer to Jesus. That's my goal. I want to become closer to him myself. I felt a little movement this week as I reviewed and studied what I'm sharing with you today. I want us all to become closer to Jesus, and I believe that he is worthy of all the effort and time we will invest, and I ask you to join me in that quest. The Apostle Paul wrote this, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. To know and love Christ is why the Apostle Paul described him so delicately. And it's why we open our Bibles to discover who he is and what he did. And I hope that it is possible for us, even in this message today, to learn some things about Jesus that we may not know. In the Bible is where we meet him, his character, his attributes, and his titles. And of all the titles that are attached to the person of Jesus Christ, perhaps the most meaningful one when you get right down to the bottom of this story is the word son. He is a son. Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Jesus frequently referred to himself as the son of man, and over ten times in John's gospel, he's called the son of God. Two of our Lord's most important titles were son of Mary and son of God. The title son of Mary indicates his humanity, that he was born of Mary and shares all the characteristics of humanness. And the title son of God speaks of his deity, that he is equal with God. Don't let anybody tell you that that wasn't a true statement to be known by all those who knew him while he was on this earth. Because listen to me, men and women, it was that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God that got him crucified. John 5.18 says, Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his Father, making him equal with God. Jesus was the Son of Mary because he was a human being, and he is the Son of God because he is God. With that understanding, I would like to focus on those two elements, his role as the Son of Mary and as the Son of God. The title of the message is, Is He the Son of Mary or Is He the Son of God? 
the Son of Mary. When the Bible speaks of Jesus' humanity, it begins with his birth, and it encourages us to respond with wonder and worship, as did the shepherds and the wise men, as we acknowledge the incredible mystery of his incarnation. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, Great is the controversy God manifested in the flesh. To know the Son of Mary is to be astonished when we really get down to it about the entry of Jesus Christ into this world. It was a mystery, a mystery of the ages. It is something unlike anything that had ever happened before, and it will never happen again. The mystery of Jesus' birth is wrapped up in this term. It's called the virgin birth of Christ. The doctrine of the virgin birth of Christ teaches us that Jesus was divinely conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit, bringing together his two natures, deity and humanity. Here is how we are told in Luke that Mary was given the information about what was about to happen to her in this process. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? How can I be pregnant since I do not know a man, since I have not had a relationship with a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Now the key word in that statement is the word overshadow. I want you to think about that with me for a moment. The idea in the language of the Bible is that a gray cloud is engulfing someone. When you're overshadowed, you're engulfed by something. And the people of Israel had always used that metaphor to understand God's mysterious and undeniable presence. With all of his creative energy, the Lord would surround Mary with his presence, and she would miraculously become pregnant. And Joseph would not be the human father. Jesus is in no way a product of this world. He enters into this world from the realm of eternity. Jesus Christ is not from us. Jesus Christ is from God. So the birth of Jesus is not the beginning of Jesus. One of the things you may not know about Jesus is that he did not begin at Bethlehem. Was he born then? Oh, yes. But there never was a time when Jesus was not, and there never will be a time when Jesus ceases to be. What happened at Bethlehem was that Jesus, who existed forever as God, became a man. Throughout the history of Christianity, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ has been one of the most assaulted doctrines of the Christian faith. Let's face it, if the skeptics can undo his miraculous birth, his miraculous life is of no account. If the Bible is not true that Jesus came into this world in the way I have described it, then our salvation is meaningless and nothing we say we believe has any value at all. And the skeptics and those who criticize us for our faith, they know if you destroy the belief in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, you have basically cut Christianity off at its knees. But I want to tell you why I know Jesus was born the way he was 
quite apart from all of the apologetic evidence that I've already given. Jesus' mother, Mary, was human, and she loved Jesus as all good mothers do. She was so willing to do anything she could to protect the child that she had raised from infancy. On the hill of Golgotha, as Jesus was about to be crucified, a small group of people gathered at the foot of the hill to watch. And in that group was Mary, his mother. To prevent the death of her son, all Mary had to do in that moment was to step forward and say, no, he is not the son of God. He is the son of Joseph. I remember the night when he was conceived. Do not kill him. He is not the son of God. He is my son and the son of Joseph. But Mary stood there, and she watched her son die because she knew in her heart that the charge against him was true. He was the Son of God. There is no other explanation for his birth. She had heard the announcement from the angel. She had been there on that glorious night when he came into the world. He was the Son of God, and she watched him die for what she knew was true. Yes, Jesus came into this world. His birth was miraculous. I believe in the virgin birth of Christ without apology. I don't only believe it, I know it. It is the incredible way Christ tasted of flesh and became one of us. The mystery of his birth. What about the measure of his life? Is there anything that we can point to that would help us demonstrate that Jesus really was a human being, that he lived upon this earth as we as humans live? First of all, he did what humanity does. He was born. He grew up. He had brothers and sisters. He grew tired. He got thirsty. He got hungry. He became physically weak, and he died. One author describes it this way. Jesus was really human. That means when he didn't eat enough, he became hungry. When he didn't sleep enough, he got tired. When the soldiers pushed the thorns into the skin of his scalp and drove the nails into his wrists, it hurt. And then there's the most profound evidence of all. Jesus died. He didn't just seem to die or die halfway or kind of die or even die in a sense. True, the story doesn't end with his death, but there's no getting around it. Jesus died. He did what humanity does, and he felt what humanity feels. In a Christianity Day article, New Testament professor J. Walter Hansen described Jesus' emotions, and he put it together in such a profound paragraph. The best I can do is just read it to you. He said the gospel writers paint their portraits of Jesus using a kaleidoscope of brilliant emotional colors. Jesus felt compassion. He was angry. He was indignant. He was consumed with zeal. He was troubled. He was greatly distressed. He was very sorrowful. He was depressed. He was deeply moved and grieved, and he sighed, and he wept, and he sobbed, and he groaned, and he was in agony, and he was surprised and amazed. He rejoiced very greatly. He was full of joy. He greatly desired and he loved. He had all the emotions that we have as human beings. 
John Calvin memorably summed it up when he said, Christ has put on our feelings as well as our flesh. He was as we are. He was human. And we know that by the things that he did and the things that he felt. But the Scripture also tells us we can know his humanity by the things that he thought. The Bible says that as a boy, Jesus grew in wisdom and knowledge. That he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men, Luke 2.52. Here Luke tells us that Jesus was completely subject to the ordinary laws of intellectual growth. He had a human mind subject to the same laws of perception, memory, and logic and development as our own. He observed, and he learned, and he remembered, and he applied. Pastor Mark Jones says Jesus had to learn the Bible just like we must. Of course, he's the greatest theologian who ever lived. Nevertheless, we must not imagine that Christ had all the answers as a baby and merely waited to begin his ministry at the age of 30 without putting in hard work on a daily basis in obedience to his Father's will. While he was never ignorant of what he needed to know at any stage of his life, he nevertheless was required to learn as we are. Here's an astounding thought that I have not had before. Jesus is human, and he always will be. Right now, sitting on the throne of the universe is a human being. When he judges the entire world, he will be human. For all eternity, age after age, God is human and always will be. He didn't just put on human skin like a coat only to take it off again when he got home to heaven. He became a man, heart, soul, mind, strength, a man. Just imagine for a moment how much God must have loved human beings to decide that, yes, he would become a human forever. He had existed for all eternity, the second person of the Trinity, in perfect and harmonious and beautiful relationship with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, and he decided to become human. And he knew when he did it that he would never be not human again. There's only one thing that would lead the Son of God to do that, and that is his deep love for us. You say, are you sure that's true? Think of this for a moment. The disciples are standing watching Jesus go up to heaven, and this is what they heard. This same Jesus, which you have seen ascending into heaven, this same Jesus will come in like manner as he has gone. When we get to heaven, we'll see Jesus. We'll be able to examine the prints of the nails in his hands and the scar in his side. I don't pretend to understand all the nuances that are involved in that. But Jesus became a man for us. He continues to be a man. And now when we pray, the Bible says he intercedes for us at the right hand of the Father. Oh, what a mystery is all of this. He's the son of Mary. Just as Jesus was the son of Mary, so is he the son of God. This is arguably the most important title of Christ in the entire New Testament. It appears more than 40 times, the son of God. In the simplest of terms, son of God is how the New Testament describes Jesus and his relationship to God the Father. It also shows us his divine identity. While Jesus was fully human, he is also fully God. 
You say, well, I don't understand that. I don't know anything like that. There never has been anything like that. How many of you know Jesus Christ is without precedent? There is no one to compare him to. There never will be anyone like him. He is the individual, single, most unique, important person who's ever walked on this earth. He is the individually most notable character that you will ever hear about. There is no one like him. There is no one who's ever been like him. He is the Son of God and the Son of Man, fused together in one person for eternity. He is God. And that's the most important thing for us all to remember. When he came here, he became God in the flesh, God walking around in a body. The Lord Jesus, the Son of God, and the Son of Mary. We'll have more about that tomorrow when we get together for the next edition of Turning Point. I hope you'll join us then. I want to take just a moment and tell you how exceptionally beautiful this year's devotional is. And if you've been around Turning Point for a while, you know we publish a new one of these every year with a new cover, new devotionals, new beautiful uh, photography. And this year is one of the most beautiful. The title of this year's devotional is Walking with Jesus. It will keep you in step during the 2024 year, help you stay focused on your desire to put Jesus first in your life. Let us send a copy of this to you. Would you send your gift to Turning Point? Give a gift of any size during the month of December and ask for the devotional. It's on its way as soon as you say that. And we thank you for your investment. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The Jesus You May Not Know, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new 365-day devotional for 2024 walking with Jesus. It's sure to inspire you through the year ahead, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue The Jesus You May Not Know on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. Do you believe Jesus is with you in every moment? One of the best ways to instill this truth is by spending time in reflection and prayer. Dr. David Jeremiah makes this easy with his new 365-day devotional called Walking with Jesus. This exclusive book is available for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a donation of $120 or more, you'll receive the devotional four-pack, perfect for gifting. Learn more when you visit davidjeremiah.ca. For centuries, the traditional abbreviation for the years before the birth of Christ has been B.C., with A.D. standing for the years following Christ's birth. 
But in recent years, we've begun to see new designations. CE, which stands for Common Era, is replacing AD because it is more politically correct. It refers to the last 2,000 years of history as the Common Era rather than the Year of Our Lord. You would think a common era would begin with a common event, but there was nothing common about the first Christmas. Whether you prefer CE or AD, I hope you'll discover uncommon joy in Christ this Christmas. And this is David Jeremiah. That is The Christmas Story on Route 66. Driving the word home this Christmas on Route 66. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Start your journey home today.